Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. You can read my articles by following or viewing the Brew and Wisconsin Sports Heroics on Twitter. Flying solo here today on this Royals Series recap. It is a little bit of a downer, like wah, 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 downer, compared to what else is going on in Milwaukee. So before we get to the Brewers recaps here, let's just take a moment to congratulate the Milwaukee Bucks. They're doing what we hope the, that the Brewers inspire to do, really, and what could be possible, you know, if all things goes right. Uh, but man, that was such a fun series to watch between the Bucks and the Suns. It was very inspiring to see Giannis with all his hard work, how far he's come, will this team to victory. That was a crazy performance by him in Game 6 and the free throw shooting. Completely astonishing. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, so that was definitely cool to see. And you know what? I'll be, I'll be honest. I even teared up a little bit when I saw Giannis and Middleton embrace afterwards. I'm like, oh, man, these guys have worked so hard for that. So really cool there. Congratulations to the Bucks. Anyone who's at the Deer District, I'm jealous of you. It looked like a very, very fun time. I guess the only real question I have about Deer District is if you were in the way back, could you even see the screen? Like, I guess I don't even know how big that screen is. I've never been. So anyone with some insight on that, let me know. So uh, that was one weird thing I thought about as, you know, 65,000 people were piled up to watch that game. Hopefully we can have something similar here when the Brewers decide to make a run in this postseason. That would be super, super cool uh, to see the city of Milwaukee come together again uh, around their sports team. So Brewers are definitely going to be aspiring to do that and, and kind of follow the lead of the Bucks here. Unfortunately, their play this week did not reflect that. <laughs> As we lost both games against the Royals, and they're now 0-4 against them all season long, and the, the series has concluded. So we ultimately got swept by the Royals in both two-game series. So let's get into how this one shook about. Game one was a 5-2 loss. This was the game that was moved up to make time or room, I guess, for the Bucks game. <laughs> in this game, Brett Anderson was on the hill, and he pitched quite decent. Went five innings, gave up two earned runs. He gave up a run in the first inning and then a solo homer in the fourth. The Brewers got two runs in this game. Both came off of Manny Pena and a two RBI single. And from there, it was two to two until the seventh when Hunter Strickland gave up his first earned runs as a Brewer. He gave up just an absolutely towering home run to a pinch hitter O'Hearn. That made it four to two Royals. In the bottom of the seventh, we had a chance to strike. We loaded the bases. We had just one out. Willie Damas came up to bat. 
Royals made a pitching change, and first pitch swing at Adamas grounded right into an inning-ending double play. That was really deflating and really the only big chance we had to score the rest of the game. And that's how we end up losing this first one here, 5-2. to two. Game 2 was a 6-3 to three loss, and we had a good outing by Eric Lauer in this one, and it got ruined. <laughs> Lauer went five innings strong. He doesn't give up an earned run, but he did give up two runs while he was pitching in the fourth, and that inning started off with a Luis Urias throwing error. He made a very nice play on the ball, just the throw was completely off target. Lauer then proceeded to strike out the next two batters before surrounding a double and a single to make it 2-0 Royals. We did manage to take the lead after that in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, that inning was really highlighted by a Christian Yelich opposite field double that plated one run. Tellas and Adamas both had sacrifice RBIs in that inning as well to make it 3-2. So then after Lauer, we brought in Suter, and he got into some trouble. His defense didn't help him out either. With a runner on, Jace Peterson had a fielding error, and then the Royals immediately singled in the game-tying run. Suter in that same inning then gave up a double. That would play two runs, made it 5-3. to three. And essentially, that's where this game stood, You know, especially from uh, Brewer's offensive standpoint. Perdomo gave up a, a solo homer to Soler. Uh, he homered in both games this series, but kind of the same as game one. The offense could not get anything going, and when you don't have offense, you don't win ball games. So that is how the Brewers end up losing both of these. Really not any inspiring performances offensively. Obviously, Garcia had a three-hit game in the first game, but then <laughs> went 0 for 4 the next day. So finishes the series 3 for 8 with a double. Christian Yelich, I mentioned, had a double. In fact, him and uh, Garcia, their doubles were the only extra base hits of this two-game span. And Yelich in this series was two of eight, did have one RBI. Our big guys who had been doing so well, Adama Sirius, that tag team did so well in that sweep the Reds, they go 0-13 this series. They combined to draw three walks. Urias had two of them, Adamas had one. Uh, and then Damas had that sacrifice RBI, like I mentioned today. But yikes, they both went cold at the same time. Narvaez did not contribute much. He was 0-4 with a walk. He only started one game. Manny Pena drew the start in game one. And then Colton Wong at the top of the lineup went 2 of 9 with three strikeouts in this series. From a pitching standpoint, I actually thought our starters were fairly decent. Brett Anderson, like if he goes five innings, only giving up two earned runs in the regular season, you're going to take that. He only gave up five base runners the entire game, three hits, two walks. So that was good to see out of him. And Lauer really kind of the same thing, five innings. Did strike out six. I thought that was pretty cool. He struck out five batters in a row at one point. Gave up three hits, no walks. And then aside from Brett Suter, I mean, this bullpen and, you know, Hunter Strickland giving up his first runs of his Brewers career, this bullpen was pretty solid. Cousins went one inning, had two strikeouts. Sanchez pitched an inning and a third. He did have an earned run. Kind of same with Perdomo, an earned run in there, but that's when the games were out of reach already. Sanchez, in fact, looked dreadful in game one. He he looked like he didn't know how to find the strike zone. He had a really high pitch count. That was very out of the ordinary for him. So I guess if I had to, because I like to choose an MVP and a dud, 
I think I would give this series MVP to Eric Lauer. I like the way he kept us in the game in the second game, even though we ended up losing. I like the high strikeout, six of them, and he's been pitching fairly decent. <laughs> Don't want to jinx it. As of late here, 3.52 ERA on the season. His last three starts, going back to before the All-Star break, all went six innings. Two starts before that went five innings. So Eric Lauer is becoming an inning eater here all of a sudden, and that's really encouraging. We're looking for someone to kind of step up and be, you know, who's going to be a really good fourth starter. Adrian Hauser shows flashes. Eric Lauer's putting together a really nice stretch here, and he was the guy who's kind of inserted as in the six-man rotation, and whenever we decide to go away from that, he might be one who sticks around. I, I would not be surprised. He's very quietly exceeding my expectations after he's just started off so dreadful this year. As for a series dud, I think I have to give it to Suter. His performance was not good, and I know Brewers fans are making quite the stink about this now. He technically gets charged with a blown save in this game, and he now leads the MLB in blown saves. He has as many holds as blown saves, but has nine wins. It has just been an absolutely roller coaster of a season for Brett Suter. I mean, I think that those stats really sum it up quite well. So I was trying to do some quick digging around to be like, okay, what on earth is going on with Brett Suter? And the, you know, the first thing that stood out to me when I just glanced at his numbers was the walks. He's walking 8.4% of his batters this year. So you might be, okay, well, that, that maybe seems a little bit high. So let's take a look at how it compares to years previous. In 2018, he walked 19 batters and pitched over 100 innings. That's astonishingly well. In 2019, when he came back from Tommy John, he only pitched 18 innings, only gave up one walk. Last year, in 32 innings, gave up five walks. This year, he's at 47 innings with 17 walks. <laughs> so in 47 innings... In 17 walks, he's almost surpassed his 2018 totals when he gave up 19 walks and over 100 innings pitch. So the free pass and inability to throw strikes is, I think, what is boiling down to here with Brett Suter. There's been a lot of unfortunate circumstances, I think, like with the blown saves where he's come in. He's inherited some really crappy situations, I think, and just has not quite been able to get out of it. So you can't really place that on him. You can't expect him to be perfect. I mean, he set some really high expectations when he came back from Tommy John and just absolutely excelled. But ultimately, his strikes are down. His zone percentage, the amount of pitches in the strike zone, is at 47.6%. That's a career low for him. He's normally above 50, so that, that's pretty damn good. His first pitch strike percentage is at 61% in the years where that 2018 season that I talked about, he had a 68 first strike percentage. In 2019, he was at 70, so that's down. Yeah, obviously, you know, he doesn't generate a lot of whiffs or and whatever and somehow still manages to miss, make batters miss barrels. Uh, but ultimately, I think it downs, boils down to throwing strikes and the free passes and having base runners on and, and just things not going quite his way, not getting quite as lucky maybe per se, 
uh, is really what's kind of giving him this down year. And as we look towards the trade deadline, the Brewers, as Ken Rosenthal pointed out here today, are looking to add a reliever. And I've heard even up to two relievers from other sources. I don't think this is all that surprising. I'm pushing for a veteran bullpen arm. You already all know this because I'm a huge Jake Cousins fan. I love his stuff. In fact, he's now up to 18 strikeouts on the year, and 17 of them have come via that slider. So that is just absolutely crazy, especially for just 12 innings pitched. That slider just has so much break to it. It, It's untouchable right now because... In his 12 innings, he's given up one hit. Zero of them been on the slider. That one hit was on his sinker. (laughs) But he's generating whiffs on that slider 62% of the time. Not generating a lot of whiffs on the sinker 11% of the time, but he's putting it in good spots, getting outs with it, because he relies very heavily upon that slider. And batters have just not figured it out so far, so keep taking advantage of that while we have it. For Cousins can just be an absolute bolster to this bullpen, especially you think of Justin Topa coming back. He got moved up to, I believe it was Biloxi. He threw a couple days ago as I'm recording this, ended up throwing like eight pitches or something like that. Only threw the slider once, but his sinker was clocking in at 96, 97. So his velocity is up there. We know he can touch triple digits at times. So it'll only be a matter of a short time, I think, before Justin Topa is making his season debut here with the Brewers. I I mean, I obviously have no idea, but you would have to expect it's in the early August time frame if he's already pitching in double-A. I'm sure they'll maybe move him up to triple-A at some point just to, you know, get a feel on some other batters or, you know, I, I don't really know why, why they started him there, to be honest, or how long he plans on staying there. Um, but he's made he's made at least an outing here. He's got to make obviously a few more and and make things feel right. Maybe he's got to pitch on back to back days. I I don't know what all the requirements are because he missed a lot of time. So he's you know this is essentially like a spring training for him. He needs to get you know probably a certain amount of innings and still feel well before the Brewers feel comfortable bringing him up. And I really cannot wait for that because Cousins and Topa having both of those sliders in the bullpen <laughs> that's freaking awesome if you ask me those are two of the biggest breaking sliders in the game in one pen so awesome stuff out of those two speaking of awesome stuff make sure you guys are checking out built bar they are a great uh, great tasting protein bar and we are offering you 10 percent off your order by using the promo code trilogy They have just about any flavor that you could imagine, ranging from chocolate, chocolate raspberry, chocolate strawberry, mint, uh, peanut butter, whatever you can dream of, they have it. And we want to give you 10% off your order. When you go there, use the promo code TRILOGY. That is for 10% off. Up next, we have the White Sox, and this is going to be a very freaking fun weekend, I believe. It's a battle of two first-place teams. We have some baseball on Sunday night. Yep, so all the games will be either at 6 or 7 o'clock, depending on the night, including Sunday. So that's going to be a late podcast for me, but totally worth it. Good to see the Brewers get some recognition on Sunday night baseball. Uh, Not against a team named like the Cubs or something like that, where it's a division rival game or you know, things like that. Typically, they'll get put on mainly because of the Cubs or whatever, not because of the Brewers. So 
This should be a fun weekend. The pitching matchups are not going to disappoint. Friday, we have Peralta versus Giolito. So Peralta's carrying a 2.39 ERA, Giolito a 3.9. Saturday is going to be Burns versus Rodon. Burns has got 2.16 ERA, Rodon has 2.19. And then Sunday night, Brandon Woodruff. That's, that's probably got to be his Sunday night baseball debut. I would imagine the Brewers don't play that many games. He's got a 2.04 ERA so far this year, going against Lance Lynn, who's at a 1.94 ERA. So great pitching. The White Sox obviously have great hitters, definitely a lot more production out of their offense than we could ever even dream of this year. Jose Abreu is on a tear. Uh, 18 homers, 75 RBIs already at this point. Tim Anderson is their batting average leader. He's at 309 on the year. So th- this is going to be an electric series. We are going to miss Yasmani Grandal, in case you forgot that he's there. He had knee surgery, and I think they're expecting him to come back before the season's end, but it's not going to be anytime soon from what I'm reading. And Grandal's really been struggling this year for those wondering on the we should have resigned Grandal, train, and you know catchers over 30, whatever. We can still take them. Yeah, it has not looked pretty for Grandal. He was batting under the Mendoza line last time I looked, and that was before he went on the IL. Not very productive uh, stuff out of him, but I, I still do like Grandal. He was a great person. I, I actually liked him a lot more than I ever would have imagined when he first came to Milwaukee. So kind of sucks we're gonna miss him hopefully i honestly wish him a speedy recovery uh when he is on the game of baseball it is better <laughs> so that is how i kind of feel about that but we are gonna recap this white Sox series on monday i'm i'm amped up already it's gonna be a fun recap podcast i can tell you that much already and i'm looking forward to a great weekend of baseball i you don't want to miss a pitch this that's seriously how hyped up this should be. I hear some people saying, could it be a World Series preview? I don't know. This is the game of baseball. Anything can happen. Obviously, I don't think the White Sox or the Brewers are the favorite in their conferences, but it could be. This could be a preview. That would be awesome. I mean, imagine the, that'd be cool because you neither one would have to travel very far, right? <laughs> so that would be kind of awesome uh, to see, at least in that regards, two teams in the Midwest duking it out in the middle of October when there's probably snow on the ground and <laughs> in the White Sox and the Brewers. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, so make sure you are paying attention to the Brewers here this weekend. Check out Revealing the Brew. Check out Wisconsin Sports Heroics. The trade deadline's around the corner, so we'll be recapping all of that action as news breaks here. So check all of it out, and I will talk to you later, Brew fans.